All right, how are you? Welcome, welcome to another day. Welcome to another life well lived. We, um, man, we are here and man, I have so much to catch up everyone on. Uh, first and foremost, this weekend was incredible. Uh, I got to hang out with some business friends of mine who actually um, did a very powerful achievement. Uh, more than 17 different authors came together to write a book. Um, I'm super excited for them. A million Dollar Identity, which was an incredible, incredible feat of just some great uh, business friends of mine who I'm getting to know and some partners as others who uh, came together from all around the world to write a book called Million Dollar Identity. So that was cool. So I went to New York, be a part of them. So congratulations to everybody, a part of that. But for today, what I wanted to do was I wanted to talk about um, some of these things that I've learned just over time that over this weekend really uh, crystallized for me. Being in New York, being with some of the top business people in, in their profession and still growing people who are collaborative and, you know, and being able to just learn more about their personal stories. There's some things that, I, you know, I was coming home and today kind of thinking through and I went, man, uh, I think this is important for anybody. So I'm going to give you four universal truths of your career and business that I think all of us need to uh, remind ourselves of because I think at times we look at the world and we're kind of looking for either what's all right with a situation or all wrong with a situation. And what I want to be able to do is I want to show you um, some principles. And by the way, here's one thing that I want you to know about any any situation or anything that you're dealing with, especially when it comes to a principles, uh, a format of things. Um there's always principles at work. Your key is you got to work the principles and not try to work around them. So there's that. <laughs> there's there's the first portion of that, because I think it's important that we remember, like you're always there's always a principle working somewhere. Right. Our job is to get really good at finding those principles and then being able to say, OK, how does this work in my favor? Right. Or what do I need to do? in order to be able to maximize this particular principle. So I want to kind of talk to you about these four. And as I go through these four, I just want you to make some notes because I'm going to I'm going to kind of cover um, a good a good portion of these in, in somewhat detail. But this is something I want you to walk around with this week. Um, maybe this will help you out for the rest of the year. But I do think this is important especially as it's been important to me, I believe it will definitely be important to you as well. Okay, number one, here's the first one. The first one is happiness is not the absence of problems. It is the ability to deal with them. Happiness is not the absence of problems. It is the ability to deal with them. I have found that a lot of my world and my reality is shaped in my ability to deal with things. And if I'm smart and if I'm paying attention and as long as I'm careful, I can actually do a whole lot more if I start from the basis of, or at least have a default of happiness, right? 
Like, for example, just being happy that you're building a career or building a side business or and or both. And guess what? As of doing so, as of this morning, when you took your first breath outside of being asleep and woke up and was conscious, you immediately knew waking up. Well, I'm here. There's obviously going to be something that I'm going to have to deal with. But guess what? As opposed to saying I'm trying to being problem avoidance driven, right? There's a lot of people who they avoid problems like the plague. And I don't necessarily think that's a good thing because you're human. You're going to have problems, right? When you were a baby, the problem was you couldn't walk and you couldn't talk. Well, when you solved that problem, then you started being able to walk. Then you couldn't run. Well, then you figured out how to run, right? So it's you're always solving problems. The kicker is our default has to be from a standpoint that, well, I have the ability to deal with them, right? Like there's not a problem that you are facing right now that you do not have the ability to deal with. The real question is, are you willing to do the work to actually confront the problem? Be it business, relationships, money, marriage, doesn't matter. It really just comes down to, Am I going to be the one to step up and actually deal with the problem or am I going to let the problem persist? Right. So happiness is not the absence of problems. It is the ability to deal with them. And the more we realize and come from a default of understanding that, hey, you know what? I do have the ability to deal with my problems in my life. I am not a victim. I am not uh, stuck. There's no problem that I'm currently dealing with that's like a you know, something that's not going to allow me to be able to move forward in life. No, there's actually real good possibility that every single problem I'm facing right now, I have the ability to deal with. Now, one thing I want to give you about happiness and problems, you typically see them together. Yeah. You tend to see happiness and problems together. Well, what do I mean? Well, there have been times that I've heard people talk about some horrific things they've gone through. Some horrific moments in life that have been tragic. Some things that they've seen or have dealt with or some very difficult situations. And man, they didn't even know how they were going to get through that moment. You know, I heard a uh, a great comedian by the name of Tony Baker, you know, recently on a radio show talking about the death of his son. His son got killed in a car accident right after leaving his house, his dad's house, his house. So Tony Baker's son dies right after leaving his house in a car accident. And that's tragic to get that news. It's tragic to have to bury your own child. It's tragic to have to live with the grief of knowing that there was a life cut too soon. Right. And he said something during an interview recently, because this was probably now two, three months ago that the tragedy happened. And he said something on a recent interview that was shocking to me. He said, I found happiness in the fact that my son didn't suffer. I went, wow, that's a perspective. That in the midst of not no longer having your, your, your son, you found happiness in the midst of the problems that ensue of no longer being able to call your child or the things that you have to deal with logistically and having to live life without them. You found happiness in the fact that I'm glad he didn't suffer. 
And in his words, you know, hey, he died on impact. So he didn't have to be in a vegetative state. He said he didn't have to like worry about whether or not there was going to be complications and things after. He said he died on impact. He said, at least I found some solace in that. And I thought, wow, what a perspective. See, happiness and problems come together. There's times where you could win. You could get that new role, right? You could get that bump up in salary. You could get that new job. But guess what? You're happy about the new job. But they say you got to be willing to move. There's a problem, <laughs> right? So I have found that happiness and problems are very closely related. The kicker is. Are you willing to solve said problems? I personally believe the difference between where we are today and where we want to be, whether that be our career, business, family, health, education, money, what have you, is all in our ability to say, I'm willing to solve whatever problems come my way. And that if I'm facing a problem right now, I'm joyful for the fact that I get to exercise this opportunity right now. And whether or not that's something that some people want to do is, you know, again, it's a choice, right? Like we get a chance to choose every single day, whether or not we're going to actually face the problems that come. One thing I have found for myself, if I can be completely honest, is I wasn't growing if I wasn't willing to deal with problems. The more time I spent making excuses, the more time I spent refusing to deal with things, making uh, conflict avoidance, the more time that I was unwilling to to even have a, a mindset or a thought around a problem. The time that I didn't spend me being, being more solution oriented than problem oriented, I wasn't growing. And thus it was cutting off my opportunities and ability to truly live. So for the first one, happiness is not the absence of problems. It is the ability to deal with them. Let's move to number two. Number two is one that I learned, or I will say I am learning more and more and more from a leadership standpoint and not just about leading other people, but leading myself. I would even say closer to home, leading my wife, leading my children, right? Leading myself. Here's number two. Feeling sad after making a decision doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. Yep. Feeling sad after making a decision doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. Now that, that really hits home for me in a lot of different ways because there's great period of time in my life, a good chunk of my life where I was not making decisions at all in my life. I was waiting on other people to make the decisions for me in lots of respects at work, personal life, right? Like I was not making any decisions. It was whatever the person in charge, quote unquote, um, had for me is what I did. Never made any real decisions for myself. I did that for a large chunk of time in my life. You ever done that? 
Have you ever gone through a period of time where you're frustrated, but you come to realize that part of it is I'm just not making any decisions. And sometimes while I'm mad at the outcome or what I have to do because somebody else was willing to make decisions, it was really a reflection on my inability to actually make said decisions. And that was a huge revelation for me. Huge revelation for me. Um, because the moment I started making actual decisions, it was very, very, very difficult to make decisions. Why? Because I never, I never leveraged that muscle before. I had never put time in to actually making decisions. Hadn't done it. I just hadn't done it. And so the unfortunate part for me, which I'm sure is like a lot of people, I talk to a lot of different people, is that when you get put in a position in life where either you get voluntold, you have to make certain decisions or life throws certain things at you and you don't have a choice, you've got to make a decision. Immediately after you have this weird kind of, you know, dip in emotional kind of reaction to it. And I want to tell somebody who struggles with making decisions or, you know, it's time for you to start making decisions. And by the way, I would tell you this, your next leap in your career is based on the amount of decisions that you're willing to make and the type of decisions that you're willing to make. Right. If you're making decisions that only, you know, deal with you and your life. OK, well, then that's what you have. But when you're willing to make decisions that impact others, when you're willing to make decisions that could be um, a direct uh, impact on people that you don't even know, those people are taking bigger risk in life and thus they're more valued in the marketplace. Okay. So when I, when I, when I started having this feeling about like, man, like why is it that I struggle with making decisions? Here's, here's, here's what I learned. And hopefully this will help somebody. What I learned was because I had not been used to making decisions, my brain was was creating like a a little trough, if you will, of just like emotion. It was like, well, man, I just made a decision. And what do we do? We start talking all kind of negative ideas and bad self-talk to ourselves as a result. We start saying things that aren't even necessarily true. We start creating narratives in our own mind that aren't even real. But what we're doing is, is we're trying to brace for impact, basically. We're trying to brace for the fact that what if the decision I just made is wrong? Because you know what I found out? We're more focused on trying to be right than just being the person who's at least willing to make decisions in the first place. Now, you know what's interesting? As parents, we already do this. Very well, might I add. <laughs> Right. When it comes to our kids. Oh, yes. There are times when you got to put your foot down. No, you're not doing that. Yes, you are doing this. <laughs> right. Uh, when they do things that get get in, they get in trouble for. Yes, there are consequences. I don't have any other answers for you. This is it. No, you cannot have or do X, Y and Z. Right. Like we do. We do really good decision making when it comes to our kids. But yet. When it comes to work. When it comes to our side businesses, when it comes to 
making certain financial decisions, we don't want anything to do with it. And part of it is, is because we don't like the responsibility of having to make decisions. So we deflect, we give over to everyone else. But just remember, the people who you give that power over to, you cannot be upset with what is required and asked of you because you were unwilling to make decisions in the first place. Now listen, doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or there's something bad about it. No, there's lots of reasons to not have, um, to, to not be in certain decision-making uh, positions. There's, there's, there's good reason and there's reasons why certain periods of time in your life, hey, like, you know, as a parent, right? Like my child is not making decisions on, you know, if they're 14, they're not driving, right? Like, no, you're not driving. You're not ready to drive, right? Um, there's reasons why you have to wait till a certain age to be able to get a license. Reasons why you have to wait a certain age, you know, uh, to be able to have alcohol. There's reasons for certain things that you have to do, right? Like, so it's, there's reasons for not making decisions until you're matured enough. But I will tell you, even as adults at times, it feels good to kind of almost not be the one having to make decisions. You know, I'm going to tell you one of the ones that I learned very quickly that is very difficult to swallow, but it's a personal evaluation of your own life. Sometimes we like not being the person making decisions. Because if it goes wrong, I want the blame to be on anybody else but me. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the reasons why deflecting decision making responsibility a lot of times is uh, one that some people choose. Because if it goes wrong, I, I want somebody to point to. I need to be able to blame somebody for, for that action, for that situation. I like being able to um, say what I would have done as a result of, you ever notice that when, when, when somebody makes good decisions and all the quality things that are going on, right? All of the stuff that is happening, the good in the world, nobody looks at those decisions the way they do as bad decisions, right? Nobody looks at those decisions and go, man, if, I know that was a great decision for the company that kept me, that keeps me in my career and allows me to move forward. But if it was me, I would have, like nobody says that with good decisions, right? Half the time, you don't even realize the good decisions and what the impact of it is on your life because we don't tend to focus on the good decisions. We tend to focus on all the things that are negative and bad. Your brain has 75,000 thoughts a day it is noted that about at least more than half are negative. So now you can understand why decision-making might be easy to deflect to other people. And again, I will tell you that if you are not happy with where life is, or you know you wanna level up in that career, or you know you got the skill to do certain things, you have to ask yourself, how much risk, quote unquote, am I willing to take on? How many, uh, how in my role am I taking on decision-making uh, um, processes? How often am I making decisions? 
If I'm not in a decision-making role, I probably should get there. But I can start by exercising it in my individual contributorship now, right? If that's where you are. So that's number two. Whoo, number three is a biggie. Number three is one of those, let me just read it and, and, I, and we'll talk through it. Number three says, you're not stressed because you're doing too much. You're stressed because you're doing too little of what makes you feel most alive. You're not stressed because you're doing too much. You're stressed because you're doing too little of what makes you feel most alive. I will tell you that if you are feeling a particular way, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, it's not about necessarily negative, but maybe you have kind of a, a gnawing question in the back of your mind. Those two words that really hit a lot of people as they age, what if? That's the question, what if, right? And if you're feeling that right now in your career and you're feeling some of the stress of the work, the jobs, the demand, the stuff that you're doing, you might want to ask yourself a question. You might want to ask, am I doing too little of what makes me feel alive every day? Am I doing too little that while I'm, you know, throwing myself overboard at work, it's causing me to do very little at home, very little with my kids, very little with my spouse, very little with my family, very little vacation. Very little reading, very little exercise, very little taking care of myself. See, I'm not saying there's a there's a there's this thing about balance. I did a conversation a couple weeks ago on the podcast about I don't believe there's a balance at all. I do believe, though, in life, you have to rebalance over and over and over again. I do believe that you have to rebalance priorities over and over and over again, because what's a priority today is not probably a priority a year ago, was probably not the priority five years ago. So I do think in order for you to achieve more faster, sometimes you have to rebalance life. There is no version that I believe of actual balance. There's no 50-50 between my job and my home life. There's not. When I'm entering into a new project, when I'm working on new things like writing my book, there was no version which is coming out soon, more details about that later, spoiler alert, but when I when I think about like my my life and 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 the time it took for me to write that book, there was no version of balance. It was rebalance. I started saying no to some things so I could get to the bigger yes in margin of time to write my book. You're not stressed out because you're doing too much. Don't swallow that pill because it's not actual. It's not accurate. The side effects aren't real. 
I'm just too busy. I got so much going on. Well, sometimes our desire to continue to be moving stops us from what we really need to do, which is stop and sit down and think about my next move. Do you know that it is two places that I have found people have have uh, struggled with saying no to two areas of life. I'm gonna give you this quick nugget. This one's free. <laughs> the first place I found that people hate saying no to or struggle saying no to is at work. And the reason is, is because at work, uh, many people are working from a scarcity mentality. We've gotten a lot of fear about the, the number of jobs available or the number of jobs in my role or the number of jobs in this department. And I'm afraid to rock the boat. So you know what? I'm just going to keep it where it is. But that doesn't make you feel alive. So we won't look for anything new. And what we do is we throw ourselves into something even more thinking, well, when I get through this project, I'll be better. No, you won't. That's a lie. That we tell ourselves to continue to do the same thing every day, expecting different results. We do it all the time. And we think that that makes sense. Well, what, just let me get through the summer and I'll have some airspace. No, you won't. I'll get started on losing weight right after uh, I get done with this deck. No, you won't. Well, I'll get started on that thing on Friday because after Friday I can. No, you won't. And the only reason why we typically don't is because we're used to making excuses in front of things. We're used to talking about was stopping us from doing something instead of saying, I need to move some things so that I can. It's learning to say no so I can get the bigger yeses, right? So it's not the stress of doing too much. It's just that you're doing little of the things that actually make you alive. So here's my challenge to you. My challenge is look at your current schedule and ask yourself, do I have things on this schedule that actually make me feel alive? Don't misplace your loyalty to something or a role because you think that after something is done, it's going to get better. It won't get better. Do you realize more of the same is an actual thing? <laughs> I'll give you a perfect example. So, if you let in on your schedule, people will be able to email you on the weekends and call you about work on the weekends or after a certain period of time in the evening during the week. They immediately think that's acceptable behavior, not because they sent you the email or the phone call after 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 work hours. It's not their fault. It's because you chose to respond to it. Or I'm sorry, you chose to react to it. See, yeah, they might have sent the email at eight o'clock at night. But you chose to react to it and actually send a reply. Thus, you have created in that person's mind. Oh, it's cool for me to send you emails at this time. Great. I'll just keep doing it. 
you're at home with your spouse and your kids and you're watching a movie and a client calls or your boss calls or whatever. You see the phone, you got a choice, you look at it. And instead of saying no, you answer. Because you've answered, it does not set boundaries between you and your work. And you're sending a signal to your family and you're sending a signal to your boss or your client or whoever's calling that they can call you at that time and it's okay. You know, there's a book called Boundaries. <laughs> I highly suggest reading it. Dr. Henry Cloud, I highly suggest reading it because you're not stressed out that you're doing too much. You're stressed because of you're doing of too little of what makes you feel most alive. And so when you might be doing something that makes you feel alive, you let other things get in the way and start to eat away at that time. You don't set boundaries well. And when we have and we're working in a job market at times when it feels like things are scarce, so I gotta do everything that they say, and we don't set healthy boundaries, you're gonna get more of the same. It's not gonna slow down. Listen, I, I've worked in roles where, um, you know, I live on the East Coast and I would have West, West Coast partners and they're sending emails up until 5 p.m. their time, but that's eight o'clock on the East Coast. But you know what? I don't have to answer those emails. And if we do get into a conversation about, hey, I sent you an email, you know, typically you, you probably have heard this before. Hey, I sent you an email yesterday and you go looking for the email and you're like, oh, I got it. I, my bad. I, I meant to respond. Let me respond now. But you never checked at what time they sent you an email. You never thought about that. You didn't look to go, hmm. Yeah, they sent me an email, but it was 10.37 p.m. my time. And that's when they sent me an email. So you have to learn that setting boundaries is actually a really good thing when it comes to your work and what you do. Because if you don't, people will take advantage of it. I promise you they will. And as they take advantage of you uh, and your time, you're going to lose out every time you will lose out every single time. All right. Number four and the last one, which I think is a, is a good one to end on because I think it's important for us to think through. The lesson you struggle with will repeat itself until you learn from it. The lesson you struggle with will repeat itself until you learn from it. I have found that in life, um, this if, 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 there's, if there's any principles that are true, for sure, this one right here hits home for me on a regular basis. <laughs> on a regular basis. Like, and here's the interesting thing that I have found. The struggle shows back up in different forms. It doesn't show up the same way every time, right? So let's go back to our principle about, uh, you know, making decisions, right? 
and setting boundaries. Well, if I don't set boundaries at work, I probably don't set a lot of boundaries at home. And because I don't set boundaries at home, I end up in a dead conflict in the middle because sometimes both home and work want my attention at the same time. <laughs> and then maybe when it comes to, you know, what's going on with, um, you know, your kids, maybe your kids in sports. And maybe there's a volunteer, you know, uh, you know, time to be the, 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 the drink parent, right. Or the, the pickup parent or whatever the case may be. You just don't know how to say no. So you've got so many things because you don't say no and you don't set healthy boundaries so you can say no now so you can get to the bigger yeses. You're overwhelmed. And the question you got to start asking yourself, hmm, why does this keep popping up? Why is it that I cannot seem to get time to do things? I don't have time here. I don't have time there. I don't have time here. I don't have time there. Uh-oh, there's a pattern. And I'm going to tell you right now, successful people see patterns and they either make them work for them or they disrupt the pattern so that they can create a new one. And I'm telling you right now, the struggles that are on repeat in our lives are there because it's it's how I believe God designed things so that we would learn. We have to be willing to learn. By the way, we've seen this before. I mean, in your years of going to school, right? You'd have to retake a test. <laughs> Might have to re restudy a unit. Um, they're at your corporate job. If you take certain um, courses, you don't just get to pass because you sat through the information. You have to take a learning, understand, uh, test your skills or test your understanding at the end. And if you don't pass with like a 70 or 80% or above, guess what? You have to retake the test. So we see it in all these other aspects, but yet we don't think that process or that principle applies to our lives. And it absolutely does. 100% does. So it's really, really important that we understand you have to be willing to, you got to be a lifelong learner. And I would say to you that most of the learning is self-learning. Mastering one's self. I think that's the greatest gift you can give yourself. Because if you master you and you get really good at that, if you get good at that discipline, you're going to help somebody else. It's not always about saying yes to everything and everybody. It's not about pleasing everybody every day of the week. It's not even about scarcity of jobs. So I got to say yes. It's not about the excuses and the lies that we tell ourselves to justify while we're overworked and never get a break. A lot of times there's a pattern in our lives. And we got to start asking ourselves a question. Do I see it? Can I pinpoint this in other areas? And what is it I'm supposed to learn from this thing? All right. What is it am I supposed to learn? And the quicker I do that, 
quicker it goes away. How do we know? Because then you'll run up on the same problem, different format, but I got it this time. I know what to do, right? Another email comes through tomorrow night while you're at home and you see it and it says 9.48 p.m. <laughs> your time, right? Uh-oh. Now, normally, I would answer this email. This time, I'm waiting till in the morning. I got it. Something simple as that can create margin in your life and give you the power back in your control so you can live life to its fullest. So let me go through all four of these again. And if this has added value to your life, if you enjoyed this, if there's something in here, by based on one of these four, share your thoughts down in the comments below. Happiness, number one, happiness is not the absence of problems, it is the ability to deal with them. Number two, feeling sad after making a decision doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. Number three, you're not stressed because you're doing too much. You're stressed because you're doing too little of what makes you feel alive. And number four, the lesson you struggle with will repeat itself until you have learned from it. Hey, listen, this has been a world according to Chris, where I am here to help you build better and stronger and faster successful side businesses. And while helping you also grow and build your career. Listen, I'm so grateful that you have chosen to listen to this episode. I have some huge announcements coming soon, so stay tuned. But if you like this and you enjoyed this, hey, why don't you subscribe? You know, why don't you leave a comment? And in fact, if you think that there's people around you that needed to hear this conversation today of these four, why don't you share this episode out to other people? I thank you so much for your time. Have a great, incredible day. Stay tuned because I got a lot of things coming that is really going to be a value add to you and your life. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.